y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith's America podcast. This is volume 69. We cannot believe that we have made it that far. And forgive us, it is Wednesday. We're a bit tardy this week. We normally try to record the podcast on Sunday night, Monday morning. It is not Wednesday. But it it's is opening not Wednesday. week of college. It is not Wednesday though, Marty. That's how busy you've been. Uh, dude, it's actually Thursday. Yeah. Man, I, Today's Thursday. Guys, we didn't make that up. Uh, it is Thursday. Forgive me. It is Thursday. Wow, it's Thursday. I traveled today. I don't even know if I remembered that. I have to get on an airplane in a little while and fly to Columbia, Missouri. All right. Well, uh, never mind. It's actually Thursday and we're even more tardy than I thought we were. I think I had Marty <laughs> and McGee on my mind that Marty and McGee was Wednesday. I, man. Okay. So the reason that we are late this week, we usually like to record on Sunday night, Monday morning, but it was week one of college football. And what that means for guys like me and Travis is we are on the run. And I had one hell of an amazing opening weekend of the 2019 college football season. I got to see a bunch of games. I got to be immersed within a new challenge for me, which we'll dive into. But, Travis, I want to just gauge your thoughts quickly off the top. What was the most impressive performance that you saw this weekend? And I imagine it's probably going to start with Justin and maybe end with Fields. Actually, no. I was going to start it off with, uh, we told you so, and it happened in Norman. We told you Jalen Hurts was going to put on a show, and what did yeah. he do? He put on we a did. show. We, we did. We expected we expected it. And look, I, okay, um, maybe I should temper that No, no, no. You, you can temper knew, it. You can temper it, but I'm – I'm on the, I will push the Jalen Hurts Heisman train until Justin Fields gets a couple more games going, and then I might jump onto that cart. But right now, I'm full board Jalen Hurts. He's wearing the Jordan logo now, too, which makes him even that much more. He's going to New York for the Heisman. I knew that he was going to ball. Uh, I knew that with his skill set and his leadership ability and Lincoln Riley within that system, that he was going to do very well. Uh, he offers Lincoln something that Baker and Kyler even didn't, and that is even that much better a runner. But what everybody has always said about Jalen, can he throw the football? Well, within that system, on Sunday night, he looked like a Heisman Trophy candidate. And I was so impressed with him, and what it was was through a goose. He went through Houston like through a goose. He was so poised, he was so composed, and just went out there and did what he does. And it was so fun to chat with him after the game, both on the field and in the facility there at Oklahoma. I asked him on the field right after the game. He had spoken with Holly Rowe on the national broadcast, and then he came over to me. And my very first question to Jalen was about the – uh, performance. How would you assess your performance? And he immediately went into, I have to be better than this. He had just accrued more than 500 yards of total offense by himself. He had just scored six touchdowns or accounted for, as it were, accounted for six touchdowns by himself, running and passing. It has never happened in the history of that storied program. He put up more than 100 yards total offense greater than Baker Mayfield did in his Sooners debut. And yes, you might be able to rebut me by saying, oh, Houston didn't play any defense. Well, I don't care. It was a phenomenal performance. And I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Well, old machine. That's what's scary is how unsatisfied he was. Like that's, 
other teams should be really worried that that because that voice is now going into the locker room saying we've got to be better. So this entire week and all season long, he's going to be doing that to that team, and they're not going to be satisfied with any victory. To me, this is what that is, Travis. This is that that is the manifestation verbally of a guy who waited twenty months to start, a guy who his eagerness for that moment was at a fever pitch. He has a chip on his shoulder like the great ones do. And he has a mission. And his mission is to mute anyone who ever doubted him. And, you know, in discussing it with him, uh, again, on the field after the game, that first question, he answers that first question that way. And then I asked him what it's been like to wait for this moment. And he admitted it's been very difficult. And then Lincoln Riley then expounded upon that when I asked him in the press conference after the game. He discussed Jalen's humility and emotion leading up to this moment. And the, the home run moment after the game, standing on that field was asking Jalen, how would you define your journey to right now? How do you define your journey from the first freshman quarterback that ever started for Nick Saban to leading Alabama to the national championship game to 26 and two as a starter to being benched to having your job taken by a generational talent into a tongue of Iloa to taking your medicine going showing up for work every single day working progressing improving with great humility and leadership to earning your degree at the University of Alabama to transferring to a quarterback factory to producing the most prolific offensive debut for a quarterback at said quarterback factory to standing on that field talking. And he said, it's unprecedented, kind of like a movie. And he couldn't be more right. And I left out something in my list there which I didn't have, I didn't have room for in the list that I put on Twitter, which was that same list. You know, he wrote a movie already. He wrote a movie when he led the Crimson Tide against Georgia in an SEC championship game last year. Tua is, is injured. Tua's not playing up to his ability. Jalen comes in. Jalen leads the tide right down the field. Jalen runs into the end zone to score a touchdown and lead the Crimson Tide past Georgia and into the college football playoff. Someday, when that dude writes a book, it's going to be unbelievable. And I am so appreciative of the example that he has set. He has set an amazing example. In the days of the transfer portal, when if you don't win the job, you move on. If you don't win the job, put your name in the portal and you go pick a school where you think you can play. He didn't do that. He stayed, he worked, he improved, got his degree. And when you have that piece of paper, man, you do whatever you want to do. You've earned it. And then he chooses Oklahoma, where they have produced the past two Heisman winners and the past two number one overall picks in the NFL draft. And some people felt like, man, that's a lot of pressure you're taking on, a lot of pressure to perform, there's obviously a standard at Oklahoma. Pressure? Come on, man. That dude started for Nick Saban as a freshman. Pressure? Come on. And all he has done is set a tremendous example for young people everywhere. 
and I couldn't, I don't, proud is probably the, I'm just proud of him. I'm proud of him. And I'm proud of the fact that he had that moment. I've gotten to know his family, man. When he was a freshman at Bama, I went to Houston. I went to his high school. I sat in the weight room with his father, who was his coach, and discussed this unbelievable, far beyond his years, poise that Jalen's always had. And so, yes, I, I, I'm invested in him. I want to see him succeed and thrive. And it really was amazing to be there and see it. And, Travis, you're right. We try to warn everybody. Uh, and it ain't over, man. He's going he's gonna to do that all year long. Speaking of Oklahoma football, I want to bring in a guy that knows a thing or two and had a really interesting Sunday night. Assistant head coach at Oklahoma, Shane Beamer. But before I bring in Shane, I want to remind you guys of something. I try to tell y'all, try to tell y'all every single week, hiring used to be hard. Used to be, Travis. It used to be. Used to be. Not anymore. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, confusing review processes. But it's not hard anymore. Today, hiring can be easy. You only have to go to one place to get it done. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they do not stop there, Travis. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications pour in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. Zero dollars, zero cents at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash M-A-R-T-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And I want to bring in a guy right now who certainly knows about Jalen Hurts' path to Oklahoma. It's... My buddy that I grew up kicking his butt all over every field we played. I'm ready for the laugh. I'm ready to hear you laugh. Uh, There's no laugh. Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer, the associate head coach, assistant head coach. What's your title? You got some fancy title. Uh, assistant head coach for offense, and then I coach the tight ends and H-backs. That's a phenomenal title. I mean, that's as, that's as good a title as you can possibly have. That's very stately. It's got a lot of syllables in it. Um, and, and mate, we'll get into talking about Jalen in just a minute, but we can't bury the lead with Shane. So if you guys were watching the national broadcast on Sunday night of the Sooners game against the Houston Cougars, you might have noticed Shane got a little bit excited after a certain Oklahoma touchdown. And I'm going to let you take it from there. I want the I want the play by play of how this unfolded, where you ended up visiting the training staff. <laughs> um, well, obviously we scored the first touchdown of the game, first touchdown of the season, and the guy that caught the touchdown, Jeremiah Hall, he's actually from uh, right there where you guys are in Charlotte, North Carolina. Jeremiah scored uh, the touchdown. That's one of the guys that I coached. So. Obviously, I was extra excited that one of my guys had scored a uh, touchdown and, and happy for him and, and wanted to celebrate with him. So 
he was coming off the field. And, you know, everybody was patting him on the head or slamming him on the head and celebrating with him. And as he got close to me, it wasn't so much a headbutt as it was just like a really, really aggressive embrace. And um, I went to hug him. And as I hugged him, I, I did. I pulled his head in towards mine like you would on a hug. But, you know, I think there's a little bit of a perception that uh, you and I grew up in the time of the movie The Program when that came out, correct? Um, yeah, man. And remember the Latimer. Uh, Latimer. Yeah, I think there was a, I yeah. think there's a perception that, that I kind of went like full Latimer. And with foam <laughs> coming out of the mouth and grabbed the guy and headbutted him on the sideline. And it wasn't so much that as it was just really uh, putting him in on a hug really, really close. Uh, and instead of getting my head on the side of his head, it was more of a head-on, just direct hit. So his face mask and the screws right there caught me right in the uh, right in the eye. Really didn't feel anything when it happened. Uh, we were getting ready to kick off, obviously after the touchdown, and I put my head on my or put my hand on my forehead and felt or uh, not felt had blood all over my hands. So at that point, it was like whoa, and um, grabbed our uh, first. I looked for the first person, first medical personnel uh, staff member that I could find, and thank God, uh, one of our trainers by the name of Chris Watson, who's phenomenal. Saw Chris and uh, and he looked at me and had a few words about what the heck happened to you type thing and then he got me uh, he got me right on the sidelines right then and there. Thank God there was a TV timeout in a commercial, so we had some time before play continued. But uh, that's what happened leading up to that point right there. What did they use to close it up last year during the college football playoff? I see you get injured, you get these gashes on your face, eye, nose area by celebrating touchdowns with these manly moments. What happens to me is I have this lip balm that's in a case that looks like a dip can and I drop it and I go to try to catch it and slap it right into my nose bone, lay my Ooh. nose open. And the people, the training staff at Clemson, it will not stop bleeding. That area will not quit bleeding unless you put something on it. They put uh-huh. some kind of congealer stuff that was orange. It was orange as like a Clemson jersey on my nose to close up my nose right before the college football playoff when you're only going to be on television 74 <laughs> times a day. And wow. so I felt like a real idiot. I felt like a real idiot. What did that, did you? Was this stitches? Was this that congealer goo? What was it? I think it's what you're talking about. It was not stitches because you know I'm. Um, um, we had uh, our our special teams coach that handles our kickoff team or all of our coverage teams. He's in the press box, so anytime we kick off, I'm the one that gets the eleven guys huddled up on the sideline just to make sure we got eleven guys and to talk to them about what our plan is for the next kickoff, where we're kicking it, who's covering or how we're covering all that stuff. So time's kind of of the essence right here. I've got blood gushing down my face <laughs> and we've got a TV timeout. So Chris, our trainer, you know, who I mentioned, Chris, he has to work fast to get this thing to stop bleeding before I get in this huddle. So he used, I guess, whatever you're talking about. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like one of these things. I'm sitting there. I'm, we're literally in the middle of the field. So I got the middle of the field, but uh, the sidelines on the middle of the field. And uh, he's fixing me up, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh, man, 
80-some thousand people in this stadium. I hope people are looking at what's going on right here because he's literally cleaning up my face. He's using whatever they use to make it stop bleeding. He referred to it as like a super glue type thing, uh, which is probably yeah. similar to what you're talking about. All I remember him telling me is he said, this is gonna, this is really going to sting and burn, and it did um, when he put that thing on my face. So that was the most painful part, whatever they put on there to make it stop bleeding. And then they just used some bandages. Um, they used some bandages to get it to stop, uh, to just uh, cover it up. So I've got that on me, but I have no no idea how bad it looks. I mean, this is like 90 seconds that Chris does all this to my face. So I have no idea if I've got blood on my forehead, my cheeks. I don't know what I look like uh, at this point. So I'm, I'm walking up and down the sidelines, and I've got all these people. I've got all these people looking at me strange as I walk by because I don't think anybody. I know nobody knows what happened. And then kind of as the game went on, nobody wants to say anything. But then finally, as the game goes on, people start asking. It's funny you mentioned Jalen. I remember standing next to him in the fourth quarter, and we were having a conversation about the game, and, and it was pretty serious and all that. And then finally he was talking and just looked at me mid-sentence and said, what the what the heck happened to you uh, when he saw my face <laughs> as well? So there was a lot of those moments uh, Saturday or Sunday night as well. I want to know. So Sunday night, game's over, media's over, team's wrapping up. Y'all are y'all are doing your final high five debrief before you head to the house because you got to come back and watch film in like three and a half hours. Yep. What does Lincoln Riley like? I, Lincoln has this like sly grin about him when something's really funny to him. I want to know how that transpired. Is he looking at you like, man, what the? flip happened to your face <laughs> i think so i don't know uh, he was obviously he's in the middle of the game he's calling plays he's the head coach so i don't think he even he may i noticed him looking at me kind of sideways a couple times on the sideline during the game uh so he was also one of those guys looking at me like what the heck it just happened to, what happened to this guy type thing but he never said anything to me about it and uh he he after the game, he went in there. He did the media, and I guess he had, he got asked by the media about me. And I'm sure he maybe knew before that, but after the press conference is the first time he said anything to me. And I was out, and my parents were actually here all day, came in town, so we were in the hallway outside the locker room, and and uh, uh, Lincoln comes by and, and basically just makes a comment about you know I thought did you teach? He asked my dad. He said, did you teach him to do that? Um, type thing. <laughs> and then the next day, the next day he came after me pretty good. They, uh, our training staff, they put me on the weekly injury report uh, with all the players uh, for being in con- concussion protocol. They said so. They had my picture. They took a screenshot of the. They, they took a screenshot of the feature that of my face when Holly Rowe did her little snippet of it during the game. Put that on the training staff. or put that on the injury report used a few words to basically insinuate that uh, the lack of athleticism by me in my old age called caused this injury. <laughs> so they had a good, they had a good time with it. Um, and, uh, and then in our team meeting on, on uh, Monday after the game as well, Lincoln, Lincoln uh, showed the video to the team and, and made a kind of a funny deal about it. So everybody's had a pretty good time uh, at my expense and rightfully so I deserved it, but, you know, the funny thing was after the game Sunday or Sunday night, training staff had already said you need to come in the training room so we can really clean this up and close the wound and, and make sure it's not getting infected. So before I did that, I mean, we had 
we had hundreds of recruits here on Sunday night, and then we had eight guys here taking their official visits. So you had to you had to wrap everything up with those guys first before you went in there in the training room. So those guys are looking at you like, who is this guy? And we really want our son to go <laughs> play football here in Oklahoma. Is this, is this what the coaching staff does? But it was fun. Thank God we won. And, you know, at the end of the day, since I got into coaching, I mean, obviously I'm I'm passionate about coaching, but even more passionate about the kids that I coach or we coach and seeing them have success. So anytime those guys that you spend all that time with and they work so hard whenever they're able to have success and you're able to celebrate with them, it's it's pretty special. And, and uh, I've just got to be a little bit smarter going forward, make sure I get my head on the, the side of the guys that I'm celebrating with heads, especially when, when they're wearing a helmet. One more thing. You're going to have to miss the first half on Saturday for targeting? <laughs> I could. Uh, I could. You know, Jeremiah swears it's me that, that kind of went after him with my head. I'm not sure exactly, but I don't know if targeting the uh, the uh, concussion protocol was was uh, was in doubt a little bit. They were kidding with me if I was going to be able to uh, clear concussion protocol because our training staff kept coming around on Monday and, and asking me how I felt and felt fine, but, you know, still a little – was still a little tired and all that, like you said, from the night before. We didn't get out of there till about midnight or so, and then we had a 6 a.m. meeting as coaches. So the lack of sleep obviously was contributing to the soreness of my head as well on Monday morning also. But feel good now. Been a fun week and and uh, looking forward to getting back out on the field here this weekend. Before I let you go, I just want to say this with you on the phone. I know a lot of you guys who – listen to this podcast or follow my career or certainly those of you who read my book understand what Shane and his parents and certainly his dad mean to me and what they embody for me and symbolize for me because of Coach Beamer's impact on the area Shane and I grew up in. And it gave us an identity. It gave Southwest Virginia this identity all over the nation of this farming area where people work really hard and they try to be nice to each other and fear the Lord and all of those things. And and it's funny how the game of football and the success that Shane's father built at Virginia Tech made Blacksburg a, a national name whether you live in Seattle, Washington, or Miami, Florida, or Bangor, Maine, or South Southern California, you know where Blacksburg, Virginia is. And the reason you know where Blacksburg, Virginia is is Shane's father and the amazing coaches he employed and the great players that all of them collectively went out and brought to Blacksburg. And... That'll never be lost on me. It's a sense of pride for our area that is indescribable. And as heroes go, Shane's dad is way up that list for me. And my friendship with Shane as a result of our, our kind of parallel paths professionally, um, to be able to stand on the sideline before an Oklahoma game or a couple of years ago Shane was on Kirby Smart's staff at Georgia. Sorry to bring up a sore moment there, brother. Um, <laughs> to, to be able to do that together and fellowship together in those moments is very special for me. You're a great friend. I'm so proud of you 
and and all of your success and above all of that above football beyond football the husband and the father that you are is admirable and it's a great example for so many well so, that means so much you coming from you impact. there's words can't describe how much respect i have for you and, and your path and and what you're doing your book obviously is doing amazing and and that's why uh, so many people uh, are fans of you because you're real, you're genuine, you haven't forgotten where you came from, and and uh, me knowing you as long as I've known you, I know that's the truth. And what you said at the beginning of the show about kicking our butts back in high school is true. I still have nightmares <laughs> about you and Rayfield Milton and Maurice Milton and all those guys at Giles <laughs> County uh, back in the uh, back in the early to mid '90s, but. But uh, in all seriousness, you know, my dad and I were talking about it this weekend. He was when he was out here. He's actually reading your book right now, and he made the comment to me that you know how awesome it is that a guy from small town, southwestern Virginia, just like himself, uh, just like he was, you know, a guy like you that's doing such amazing things on on TV with your podcast, with your book, and and how you know proud he was to see somebody from the same region that he is doing doing so well. And you got no bigger fans pulling for you than uh than my family my wife family and our three kids and then my parents and, and all the beamer family so keep doing your thing man we're, we're super proud of you and love following you you're the best brother i appreciate you go <laughs> go get one of them butterfly strips <laughs> you got it i appreciate you having me on thanks buddy have a good day bubba again that interview is brought to you by zip recruiter zip recruiter the smartest way to hire I mean what I say there because it's so funny how how a sporting team can offer this identity and this pride for you individually and for your entire region. And it's like a – I don't want to get too dramatic here, but – you know, there's little towns all over this country, whether it's Norman, Oklahoma, Blacksburg, Virginia, Columbus, Ohio, Ann Arbor, Michigan, on and on. Certainly Tuscaloosa and Oxford and on and on. Their identity is that program. And, I mean, you almost live and die by how that program's doing. You do. I think about the Florida State fans right now. You know, I think about Florida State fans, this, this once proud, dominant, dominant, dominant program is having a tough time right now. Won a national championship as recently as 2013 national champions with Jameis Winston and, and Jimbo Fisher. And, and they've had a tough road here. And there, there's a certain, there's a certain loss of identity when you're not what you, what you supposed to be. And, I just, you know, Shane's, Shane's family and, and his dad, like, it's just hard to describe unless you know, unless you know what I'm talking about, it's difficult to articulate that emotion of what, what those Virginia Tech teams are for my buddies I grew up with and me. Well, you, you talk about like on a Saturday, if your team wins or loses, that kind of controls that next week. And then, at the end of the year, how that season ends kind of controls your rest of the winter and spring. And you like, and then if it's a rivalry game, it's 364 days until you get a chance to redeem that game. That's how college football is. 
That's right. And, I mean, you think about – just think about your team. Think about your team. Jim Harbaugh, for my money, is a really good college football coach. I've seen how he operates. I've seen it in a different light than a lot of people have the opportunity to see, having gone overseas with those guys. But he ain't beat the – and that is what he is judged by. Yeah, that, pro- and, that program that he took over was not where they are now. But nobody, no, but no, hell no, but nobody gives a damn about it being better than what it was because it was almost a laughing stock. Nobody cares about that. He has he has one job, and he hasn't done it so far, and that's what fans care about, and that's what college football is. And it, it, it's just it's just so the passion is so deep and we are so fortunate that we get to be immersed within that man we get to be a vehicle to we get to be a vehicle to disseminate that passion and share that energy back and forth with fan bases all over this country man what a what a blessing speaking it's of just so cool speaking of energy and fan bases how excited are you to to do a live show in front of uh, a crowd because you're used to doing hits on the field or whatever you do some live shots with fans but that's usually you got 60 seconds and producers in your got to get in got to yeah. get out now you've got a what is it three hour show and you've got this game day like audience for sec nation to be in front of i can't wait that that's the juice for me the juice for me is that energy exchange with those people that are that passionate it's like Eric always says. Eric says all the time in interviews, and he says it to his crowd, to his fans in the arena often. We're going to give it every last ounce of everything we have, and we need you to give it back to us. Because at some point, that our energy meets your energy, and that's a moment. And I love how Eric articulates that. And that's what I want. I want to articulate that. Tim, Marcus, Paul, Laura, everybody involved in the show, Baron Miller, the, the producer, Tom McCollum, who oversees all of it, the entire amazing staff. That's what we're trying to accomplish. We want that energy exchange because there is no energy like Saturday in the fall. For me, the only thing that compares is music. And so... I can't wait for that, but there's so much, so much that a host has to do about which I was ignorant, which, which only takes the almost immeasurable respect I have for folks like Reese Davis, Chris Fowler, Mike Greenberg, Laura, Maria Taylor, all these folks that do all this hosting for us. You mean hosting those shows aren't like hosting Marty and McGee on Saturday mornings? Um, not so much. Not so much. You can't show up partly cloudy. Uh, but, but I can't wait, man. Like I can't wait. I feel so fortunate to have this chance. And I'm so appreciative of everybody that believes in me that I can do it well. And I hope I do. It's going to be a great, I'm going to have fun. You can bet your ass. I'm going to have a good time. I think you're starting uh, off. With I a, got my. You're good. The, you, for your SEC first debut SEC nation, I think you're starting off at a good spot because Missouri is, yeah. you know, we know we've talked about Barry Odom on this show a bunch and those people. I feel like this is a good starting point for you. 
I, I just, I can't wait, man. McGee's going to be there with us this weekend. Oh, Lord. And so it's just going to be a great time. And, and I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to be immersed in it and learn. I'm going to be learning on the fly in a lot of ways. And that's kind of the most live TV, dude. It's going to be what it's going to be. Couldn't ask for a better partner holding my hand than Baron because I love his passion and he's brilliant at what he does. Uh, speaking of things going on with SEC Nation, what is this? Um, I, I saw you tweet about goat yoga and I saw Tebow. So I was wondering if you were just doing <laughs> yoga with Tebow. But oh, there was, I saw a video where there was actual goats involved. So, yeah, this was different. And there's something called goat yoga. And what it is, you're out there on this yoga mat and you're doing all these downward dogs and all these crazy plank moves. And I'm not a yoga guy. I should be because I'm very tight. But, dude, you're doing these, these, these yoga maneuvers and there's goats jumping on your back. Real live goats. There were five of us doing the yoga, and that goat just went right down the line. One back, the next back, the next back, the next back. And they dig their feet, their hoofs. They have hoofs. I think they have hoofs. They dig those hoofs in your back. And I guess it's supposed to be therapeutic. Oh, so it's like when you lay on the ground and you have like somebody walk on your back. I mean, not really. It's a little different than that. It's oh, a goat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, did I saw the one goat was like trying to eat Laura's hair. Yeah, the goat tried to eat Laura's hair. Tim stood up with the goat on his back because he's Tim, and he's like 255 pounds of goat himself. It was the most Tebow thing ever. He had a, a, a goat, is. a goat with a goat, and goat then, he, a then, goat. He, then he stands up and makes it look like it's like you're supposed to do that. You know, I'll tell you the most the, the most special part of of the opening weekend SEC Nation experience for me was sitting in the bus. Seven o'clock in the morning, having coffee with Tim and Marcus, just rapping. I mean, intense, passionate rapping about the games ahead that day. And Tim's like, I mean, look, there's no cameras. There's no phones. There's a, we're just going, man. We're just rapping. And Tim is looking at Marcus and me going, y'all, I'm telling you, Bo Nix is going to ball, dude. Bo Nix is different. And of course he's Tebow. So look what happened. He, I mean, Bo Nix basically like pulled a Tebow-esque performance. I, I mean, just it's so fun to have that fellowship with those guys and laugh and cut up and just chuckle. Marcus's chuckle. Marcus has a laugh that's one of those infectious laughs that you can't help but feel good. Well, he's, he he's swagoo. He's swag, dude. And so it's just a, it's just such a neat opportunity, and I'm, I feel so fortunate. I don't know. It's, uh, it's cool. But yeah, goat yoga is, goat yoga is different. And, uh, I, I can say I did it. And that might be the first and last time that I ever do goat yoga. Thank you to goat yoga of Nashville for bringing the goats out. <laughs> I never dreamed I'd say that sentence. Uh, but it's something that, yeah, it might be a one and done for me. Travis, I'm not sure if you knew this, but it's time to celebrate. Football is back, Jack. Because it's Thursday, not Wednesday. Oh, yeah, it is Thursday. I can't believe I didn't know that. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football, has huge week one contests. The NFL's back, man. The NFL is back. The first one starts tonight, Thursday night, when Chicago and Green Bay kick off the season in a single-game showdown with $2.5 bucks in total prizes up for grabs. $2.5 million. That's a lot of paper. 
It's a lot of paper. Draft your single-game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. Just draft six players from the season opener. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using the code MARTY, M-A-R-T-Y, will receive a free shot at $1 million. That's the top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. Get in on the season opener action. Download DraftKings now. Download the DraftKings app right now and use the code MARTY. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. And new users don't miss this extra week one bonus. Enter my code, MARTY, to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code MARTY, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires 25 times pay through. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. If they win and they use the Marty code, do we get some sort of like, hey, here you go, kickback from our listener? I mean, we should. I think we should. I mean, I don't know a whole lot, but shoot. Uh, At least like a shout out from you if you do win some major cash. Let let us us know. know. If you win a whole bunch of paper, we need to hear about it on the Twitter machine. All right, so I got to bid you guys adieu. I got things, since it's Thursday and I didn't know it, I have to go pack for Columbia, Missouri. I need to... Uh, have breakfast with Laney, and I need to get to the airport. I got a flight, and I can't believe it's Thursday. Wow! And so uh, I, I got I got to hop here, Travis. I want before we get out of here. I need for you. you got a little news here. We got a little news here on a Marty Smith America podcast. Congratulations to Travis, everybody. My man got a promotion. Tell him about it. I will uh, be moving over to the podcast. So I'll be working on. Strictly podcast now. Marty and I aren't going anywhere. Don't worry about that. We'll be working on some other podcasts also. Um, you'll hear about those podcasts, which ones we'll be working on, but I think, uh, it'll be fun to work on some other different things, but, uh, we'll still be, we will still be doing the, uh, stupid things that we like to do here. So proud of you, man. So proud of you. So thrilled for you. It's, it's earned and deserved. Uh, you do the best job. Uh, you're my brother. And, uh, man, congratulations. It's just so great to see great things happen to great people this way. Uh, so Travis is moving on up. That's awesome. And, uh, thanks so much to Shane Beamer, my bud. Uh, I appreciate him calling in and having a laugh with us about busting his forehead wide open. And I appreciate, uh, all of our sponsors. Thank you to ZipRecruiter. Thank you to DraftKings. Y'all make sure you go support them. They're, they keep this thing free, man. They keep Marty Smith's America free. Their investment in us allows you guys to listen in free. Thank you so much to our law enforcement officials all over the country keeping our communities safe. Thank you so much to our military all over this globe. Our men and women in uniform, we live in the greatest nation on this planet, and we are free. We can walk out the front door every day and aspire to do and be whatever we want because we are free. I want y'all to think about that. Think about your freedom. Think about what an unbelievable blessing that is. Not everybody has it, and we do. So thank you so much to our military members here in the United States and all over the globe. Thank God we get to live in this country. We'll try to do better next time. This is Mark 
Miss America, Volume 69. I'm heading to Mizzou, y'all.